You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye, baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. And welcome back, Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Thanks for coming back to at Mariners Pod. Yes, a big one in store, and why not? Six wins in a row as the Mariners get it done again last night as they beat the Angels in game one of that three-game series. How about this road trip so far? 4-0 and on this trip, sweeping the A's, taking the first one against the Angels. We're going to go through the highlights in just a moment. Also coming up on this version of the podcast – Nice piece from Josh Kearns on video scouting. That comes up in a few minutes. Daniel Vogelback is now a Mariner, and you'll hear from him in a few minutes, which is great. And also Rick Riz, an outstanding conversation with Nelson Cruz. It's always great to hear Nelson Cruz talk about hitting, and he'll do that with Rick Riz coming up in a few minutes, which is always fun. But the Mariners taking on the Angels, trying to keep the role going. They came into the ball game winners of five in a row. Miranda was on the hill for the M's against the Angels in game one and a little bit of trouble in the first inning. The pitch, swinging a ground ball to third. Seager's got it over to Cano. There's one, and he steps off the bag. You know he's, he has time to throw to first and plenty of time to get pulls, and that will retire the side. Five, four, three. The double play to win the inning. They get Trout, they get Pujols, and Robbie Cano knew he had plenty of time to turn that double play, and Miranda gets out of a jam. How about that? The Mariners ended up scoring a lot of runs last night, but it was a tight game for most of it. And give Miranda a lot of credit. He pitched very well again. Six scoreless innings, three hits, one walk, three strikeouts on 87 pitches. And you go back now, a couple of starts when he faced the Angels the first time, gave up four earned runs in that uh, in the first inning. The Trout three-run home run, four earned. Since then, after that inning, he has pitched 17 innings without giving up an earned run. Gave up three runs at his last start, not earned, though, after the error. So 17 innings without giving up an earned run. He has been outstanding. The rotation this last time through has been incredibly consistent. I mean, you put together what has been, well, really the best offense in baseball in the month of September in terms of runs scored, and you couple that with consistent starting rotation, not a big surprise that they've been able to reel off this kind of winning streak. So Miranda improves to 4-0 with the win, six innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, three punch outs. Outstanding. Also, plenty of offense in this ballgame for the Mariners, including Robinson Cano. The pitch to Robbie. Swing and a well-hit ball. Deep to right field. Down the line. Calhoun to the wall. Leaps up. Does he make the catch? It's into the seats. And goodbye baseball. 
Calhoun can't bring this one back. Robbie Cano with his 33rd home run of the season, and that ties his career high. Did that in 2012 with the Yankees. He's got a great chance to surpass his career high with still a lot of games to go. Also, extra base hit number 780 in his career, which passes newly minted Hall of Famer Mike Piazza. So that tells you the <laughs> gives you an idea of what he has already done in his truly impressive career. So home run number 33 for Robinson Cano. The Mariners with the lead at that point. Another little bit of history in this ballgame for the Mariners. Leonis Martin. The 2-2. Swing and a line drive down the right field line. A fair ball in toward the corner. Martin heading for his third double. He might get three, but a fan gets to it. Oh, my goodness. Fan interference, or was it stuck under the padding? But Martin was on his way to third. He will be sent back to second, yes, with his third double of the night. So that ties a Mariners record three doubles in the ball game. Could have been a triple, but now he writes himself into Mariners history. It's the 25th time a Mariner has picked up three doubles in a ball game. No Mariners collected four, so. This is uh, ties the record with a bunch of players. Kyle Seager, the last one to do it in August of 2011, had three doubles in a ball game. Ichiro in 2010 did it as well, three doubles in a ball game. Other names of note: uh, Ken Griffey Jr. in 1998. Edgar Martinez has done it a couple of times in '96 and once in '95. Buner in '94. Ad Alvin Davis in '84 as well. So he joins that group, three doubles in the ballgame, and he would score later on in the inning. Oki, who's been swinging a hot bat, comes through. Swing and a ground ball up the middle into center field for a base hit. Martin will score. Zunino Ronnie third, heading home, and he will score. Around to third base goes Marte. Up with the ball is Mike Trout as that ball dies out there in shallow center field. Norioki with a single and two runs batted in. So two more runs, and they weren't done Gamble comes up with his first major league home run. Here's a swing and a fly ball well hit left center field. Mike Trout long run into the gap and this one is gone. Goodbye baseball Ben Gamble with his first home run in the big leagues. Opposite field home run to left center out to bedrock. Holy smokes Ben Gamble hope they get that ball back for him with a two run homer here in the top of the eighth inning and the Mariners now lead the Angels eight to one what a thrill for that kid his first big league home run how about that it was a two nothing game going into the seventh the Mariners score four in the seventh two in the eighth they coast to an eight one victory. 12 more hits for the Mariners. They are just pounding the baseball right now. Cano, three hits in the ball game. Martin, four for four with three doubles. Zanino chips in with another base hit and RBI. Another impressive offensive show for the Mariners as they get it done in a big way in game one of this series. Here's what the skipper had to say after this impressive win. Awesome. Yeah, really uh, outstanding outing by Miranda. Um, really commanded the fastball. You know, it was very aggressive with it, got in good counts, and then kind of got the changeup working, got some good outs with that. Uh, against a good right, you know, they got some right hand hitters over there. It's not an easy lineup to get through. So 
Uh, really, really happy uh, with the outing. He's starting to gain some momentum, uh, which is great to see. And even later in the game, uh, the fastball velocity started to spike a little bit, which is great to see. I mean, he had a little left in the tank. But, you know, where we're at in the ball game, and, you know, we had the long inning there, just go to the bullpen. But really excited about his outing. Scott, he showed some composure, too, with some runners on. There was some traffic at times. He kind of just pitched around it. It, it really did. You know, and a little bit he lost the feel for the fastball, and then maybe the one or a couple at bats. You know, he threw some off-speed pitches to Calhoun. You know, we don't like walking the guy in front of Mike Trout, but, you know, sometimes it does happen. But he was fortunate enough. He, he got through that inning, and uh, uh, he is he's gaining momentum, like I said, and uh, it's great to see. It you're like getting... he was on the corners all night, and if he was missing, he wasn't missing by much. Yeah, um, you know, the fastball command, you know, that's what it's about. You know, with his stuff, he didn't have really a, a dominating breaking ball, but the changeup works off the fastball, but you got to get him in swing mode, and the only way to do that is to throw strike. Hey, you're getting stuff from other guys other than the middle of your order, too. I mean, Aoki with a big single there, Leonis with four hits. Great night for Leonis Martin. You know, ever since he had the day off the other day, came back a couple hits in Oakland yesterday, um, squared the ball up all night tonight. Uh, Ioki's been on fire since he's been back in there. Even great to see Ben Gamble, you know, contribute. That hit the ball a long ways tonight. Uh, so nice to we got a little work to do on the base running. We didn't touch all the bases tonight, but you know we're, we'll, we'll address that. Tomorrow. Hey, Robbie said he was going to bring his bat to uh, Anaheim. Didn't he yes. promise you? Yes, he did. I said when we shook hands in Oakland the other day, the hits will be in Anaheim, and he said they need to be. So uh, he was in early, looking at the video and, and trying to make some adjustments, and he was on time tonight. Leonis looked like he might have been robbed of a triple at one point. I really thought, you know, the fan interference and it's a judgment call by the umpire. I certainly thought that Leonis Martinez was going to make it to third on that play because Calhoun did not get him get to the ball yet or close to it. So, but you know, it's just one of those it's a judgment call. You know, you can review it, but they're not going to overturn that unless it's just crazy. So, um, I didn't agree with the judgment, but you know, it is their call. Have you said anything too vocal back? Yet about maybe oh, touching yeah. him on. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I said your first major league game will certainly be memorable. You'll never forget it. You'll never miss a base again. He said you got that right. <laughs> so, uh, Seager wasn't real happy about it either. <laughs> oh, poor Seags. <laughs> no, not poor Seags. Seags is just fine. You know, <laughs> and then they let him know that. Hey, Zanino too. I thought that was a big. You know, he gets a two-two and he just sort of served the ball in the right. Really field. good at bat. Not trying to do too much. And we see him do that at times when he's letting the ball travel, get a little deeper. Uh, Mike's really swinging the bat well after a kind of a rough finish up the homestand, a little mm -hmm. rough. He got some early work the last day at home, and it's, he's really carried into the road trip. Scott, what have you seen from your guys this run? You've, you've won some games in a row. They seem to be, be putting it in perspective the way they're supposed to. We have a very confident crew right now is the best way to put it. They believe we can win every night. Um, our offense is kind of clicking. We're putting runs up, and, and our pitching has done a very good job. Just, I think what we're asking from our starting pitches is keep us in the game, and they've done it. You know, we've won five or six in a row now. We, our starters are getting deeper in those games, and the bullpen has, has been very good. So it's a very comp confident crew. Uh, you know, we think we're, we're kind of playing our best ball here when it really matters the most, and you know, hopefully we can continue. It's been a nice formula. Mariners have won six in a row. That's the longest current winning streak in Major League Baseball. They have passed the Houston Astros in the standings and now two and a half back of Baltimore for the second wild card. Boston, Cleveland, Texas, still the division leaders. Toronto, the first wild card. Baltimore, the second. A lot of things fell the Mariners' way last night. Detroit now a game back. They won last night. Uh, Baltimore lost last night. Toronto won. The Yankees, two back. They've lost two in a row. The Mariners, who have won six in a row, two and a half back of Baltimore, just a half game back of the Yankees. Houston, now they've lost two in a row. One behind the Mariners and Kansas City. They lost last night. 
They are four games back total, one and a half behind the Seattle Mariners. So it's just day by day. I mean, you look at it and you look at the pitching matchups for tomorrow. Uh, Dodgers will be in the Bronx to tank on the Yankees again. The Dodgers doing the Mariners the favor yesterday and getting the win. So we'll see what happens today. CC Sabathia will get the call for the Yankees in that one. Also, the Rays and Blue Jays hooking up again. It's going to be Smiley against Stroman. Baltimore and the Red Sox, Pomerantz against Bundy. And we talked about it last night. I think as Mariner fans, she just hope the Red Sox roll over the rest of the East. I think you're hoping that the Red Sox just win every single game against the East the rest of the way. So Bundy against Pomerantz, Red Sox against Baltimore tomorrow. Tigers taking on the Twins again. That one's Boyd against Gibson. Boyd's been on fire. That's going to be a tough matchup. Twins actually had a lead in the game last night, but the Tigers, they uh, came from behind to end, uh, ended up getting that victory. Otherwise, Mariners would have gained a game on them as well. And the other one to watch, it's going to be the A's and Royals. A's thumped the Royals last night. Cotton, who is very good in his first outing, will take on Duffy, who's been outstanding. So that'll be a tough matchup for the A's. And the Rangers and Astros, we'll see if Texas can do the Mariners a favor again and keep the Astros back. Griffin against Peacock. Of course, the Mariners have a series with Houston coming up shortly. So they'll have uh, their destiny in their hands in that regard. Same with the Blue Jays. Keep in mind, the Blue Jays are coming to town for three. Houston and Toronto back-to-back starting this weekend. I would make your plans to be at Safeco Field right now. That just a friendly piece of advice. I would make your plans to be at Safeco Field for as many games as you can for those two series coming up. Oh, let's hear from Leonis Martin. He's always fun to hear from. His four-hit ball game. You know, we play like a team, you know, put the pieces together and we we fight together, you know. The pitcher doing the job, great job, and defense, offense, and we do everything, you know. Try to find a way to get a, a spot in the playoff. Miranda out there, every time we see him go out there, you see a little bit something different from him. He seems to be getting better and better every time. To see that, that's got to give this team some confidence. He, he got a lot of confidence. He's, he's a young guy, but he got a lot of confidence. He throw a lot of strikes. And he had to destroy some. He he didn't great job. To, he did a great job today. And you know, he, I think it's all about the confidence he got. He he going out there to fight every single pin to try to try to destroy some. It's great, man. You good game from you too. Four for four out there. You start out with the three doubles. It looked like you were going to have a triple at one point. That's a tough one to take a look at. But what's been working for you offensively? You know. Been working a lot in the batting cage, you know. This is a long season, a lot of up and down. But, you know, I keep fighting, you know. I'm playing to help my team win ball games. That's all I care about. All right, so it sets up tonight. Mariners and Angels. M's looking for the series win. Taiwan Walker will go for the Mariners. He'll try and build off uh, what he did last time. Very good start last time. Uh, change in mechanics and... Now he's had some bullpen time and some time in between this start to work on his new mechanics. So he'll take the ball for the Mariners. 7.05 first pitch, 6 o'clock pregame show, Mariners and Angels. Now the Angels will send Alex Meyer to the mound. 
Meyer, big guy, 6'9", 225 pounds, a righty. He has not spent much time in the big leagues this year, and what he has spent, he has struggled. Just three games, one with the Twins, two with the Angels. Three games, two starts, seven innings, nine hits, six runs, eight walks, and ten strikeouts. An ERA of 7.71, a whip of 2.43. So, I mean, you can strikeout numbers are really good, 10 and 7 innings, but his walk numbers are not good. He's walking a ton of guys. So, this is, especially for Meyer, you flip this, and it's fun to think about, and I actually think it's helpful to think about matchups in reverse sometimes and you think about a player like Alex Meyer who just has not been in the big leagues very long he has spent nine innings in the big leagues so far and you think about he has had some struggles and he's just think about from the perspective he's facing this Mariners offense who's rolling I mean he's got to face Cano and Cruz and Seager and everything else up and down this order. This is a very, it's a very difficult matchup for someone who's pitching well. And Meyer's struggling. He's got great stuff. His fastball uh, sits about 95 and a half miles per hour. And he can reach upper 90s with that thing. Just doesn't always know where it's going. He's primarily a fastball curveball guy. He'll, he has a changeup. He just won't throw it very often. So fastball, curveball, basically a two-pitch guy. So Mariners have been consistent with their at-bats, and we'll see how patient they are against Meyer tonight as the Mariners look for their seventh win in a row. Wouldn't that be something? Looking for win number seven. Daniel Vogelback made his Major League debut last night, his first A.B. You heard the skipper talking about him there for a moment. Let's hear from the newest Seattle Mariner. You've been looking forward to this for a while, huh? I mean, this is a dream come true, isn't it? Um, this is what you, as a kid, this is what you dream of. Um, you know, it's been a long road, and um, I wouldn't have wanted to change it anyway. I've learned a lot as I came through the minors, and I've grown as a baseball player and as a person, and um, I'm just happy to be here. How did Listash tell you? Did he mess with you at all? No, we, uh, unfortunately, we, it went out on a loss, and we weren't able to do what we wanted to do, and that was, you know, win the PCL. Um, so he called me in after and just, you know, told me that I was going to be able to, you know, maybe make my debut this year, and uh, my dreams were going to come true of being, being a big leaguer. Back in July when the trade came, I mean, you knew the situation in Chicago, and, and, but there's an opportunity here. What, what, what was your reaction when you trade went down? Most definitely. Um, you know, I made friends in Chicago that are going to be friends for a lifetime um, and I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity that they gave me out of high school to make my dreams come true of being a professional baseball player and um, that organization was really good to me but like you said um, you know there was kind of an obstacle there with Rizzo and um, you know I always say he was nothing but good to me he really helped me out through my development and um, you know when the trade happened of course when it first happens you know it's kind of you don't really like to know you know when things happen you don't know what's going to happen um, but uh, you know I have a good relationship with God and I know that God you know 
won't lead me to a place that um, you know isn't the right place. And it's been the best. It's been the best month and a half that I've um, had in pro ball. It was an easy transition with the guys in Tacoma. The coaching staff was awesome. The team was awesome. And um, you know I've been here for you know an hour, and the team has been nothing but good to me here, and really um, welcomed me with open arms. So it makes me feel welcome. If, if somebody had never seen you play before, how would you tell them how you play? Um, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, you know, I really play. Uh, I play hard. I don't like to lose. Um, I'm a competitor. I'm a competitor not just in baseball and anything. Um, I don't like to lose if it's in the front yard with my family. Um, so I've. That's how I've been my whole life. Um, you know, whatever I can do that night to help the team win is what I'm willing to do. Um, you know. If it's hitting, if it's fielding, if it's taking an extra base, you know, if I'm not playing that night and it's just being a good teammate, um, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to, you know, contribute to the team that night. You've obviously worked the count well. That's something they've, they've talked about a lot. That's something you've just always done. It goes deep. Um, I've really, you know, my whole life kind of tried to be a good hitter. Um, you know, I'm a firm believer of being a good hitter first, and I think that the home runs will come. And that's something that I've really prided myself in, you know, taking what the pitcher gives me, taking RBIs when there's a runner on third and less than two outs. Um, I think it all goes back to, you know, helping the team win. Um, if that's hitting a single, if that's hitting a home run, you know, it's just, you know, whatever the pitch, pitcher's going to give me, you know, I'm, I'm going to take and try to just produce. Daniel Vogel back, and good chance we'll see him in the starting lineup tonight as the Mariners take on the Angels, going for number seven in a row. And a big part of the Mariners' surge, Nelson Cruz. Here's Rick Riz sitting down with the Mariners' slugger. Chance to sit down and talk with designated hitter, outfielder, Nelson Cruz, one of the best hitters, I think, in the American League. 30-plus home runs again, 80 RBIs at this point in the season. And, Nelly, you know, the interviewer is geared toward kids. And uh, what, what do you tell kids and youngsters about what does it take to be a good hitter at any level? First, most, you know, you just have fun, you know. It's a, it's a game, so you have to have fun, enjoy what you're doing. I mean, at the same time, you have to take it serious, you know, right. because uh, for us, it's a job, you know. That's yeah. what we work for, and that's our life. But the most important thing is have fun, enjoy it, you know. Second thing, you just, uh, just try to be short to the ball, you know. Just short, get, make sure you, you work on, on your tee. Make it, put it high, a little bit higher and, and close to your body so you get in top and your hands work in top and inside too. To the, to, the, to the pitch where you want to hit it. What do you mean short to the ball? Get your hands to the ball quickly. How do you do that? How do you explain that to a kid? The closest your hands are to your body, you have less space to go from point A to point B. That's the best explanation you yeah. can have. You know, So um, when you do that, you can let the outside pitch travel a little bit more and just go to, like I said, your hands close to the body and go from point A to point B, middle, middle pitch and inside pitch the same way. You've been playing baseball pretty much all your life, and all, every kid has a bat in their hands. They go out there and swing and try to hit a baseball, which is one of the toughest things to do in sports. Ted Williams said hitting a round ball with a round bat hit squarely is one of the toughest things to do, and it is. When did it start to come around for you as a young player to become such a good hitter? It's like school, you know. Every level you find, you find something that uh, is hard to do. And playing in, in Dominica Somali, you know, I think the, the hardest thing was just to get laying to the breaking pitch, and every level was the same thing. You know, you had to figure out a way to just see the breaking pitch a little bit longer. And and everything started, like I mentioned, you know, when you know that you can weigh a little bit longer with the fastball, and then you can 
also way a little bit longer the breaking pitch yeah. and you recognize, recognize that pitch better and as ball you lay on you strike you swing it you know even uh, it, it sounds simple it's not it's not it's not simple <laughs> but uh, that's the philosophy they, they can they can help you out you know talking about the curveball you said you know to recognize a curveball how do you hit a curveball is it the same swing path as a fastball but how do you hit a breaking ball well breaking balls are tough because uh, when they're nasty, it's almost impossible to hit it to a square, you know? Right. So you, you're expecting the pitcher to make a mistake, yeah. and they leave you the one that you want to hit, and then, oh, that's the one, and yeah. you, can, you can cross it. The same thing is just way back, you know, just wait for the pitch, because that happened to me too. I go a little bit in front of the pitch, and I feel like I'm leaning, my body's leaning a little bit forward, and then it's when I get in trouble, because I cannot weigh into the contact of the, of the ball where you can square and hit it the other way. That's the way you want to hit it. Watching you hit, you're so good, especially with two strikes, of hitting the ball the other way. Edgar Martinez, I watched him for many, many years. He was one of the best I've seen, hitting the ball the other way. How do you hit the ball the other way? When I'm doing good, that's what I do. I just wait, and, and then my body just quiet, doesn't go forward, just wait for the pitch to come to the sun and just swing the bat, you know. That's the best and the more easier uh, way to explain it. What's the mental side of hitting? The pitcher's trying to outthink you you're trying to think about what the pitcher is going to throw you you've got advanced rescounting reports you have video what are you armed with from the time you leave the dugout to the time you walk up to home plate about that guy in the mound well you have to start and um, that's what I do before I go to bed every night I go through the last start that he has if it was accessible why he did what make him accessible so I go through innings to a bats I go pick one hitter one that look similar to myself, and then I go sequence, okay, first inning, so fastballs, a lot of fastballs, second time around, he started with breaking pitch, you know, situations, and then I have an idea what to expect. I mean, it, it doesn't mean they have to work every time, but the good thing is you have a plan. That's one of the most important things also, to have a plan every single bat, uh, not just go out there and see the ball and swing it. You have to have uh, expectations and something to you can work with, you know, yeah. so... After that, you know, you go by motion. You know, the other thing is you have to do is always see the release point, you know, try to follow the, the, the pitch the longer as you can. Watching you play for many years, you hit a lot of long fly balls, a lot of home runs. Uh, that's a big part of your game. I saw you hit the home run in Cincinnati. What's it like to hit a baseball that far? How do you do that? <laughs> uh, it's sweet. Uh, I remember, I mean, when I signed, I remember, I mean, I was thinking when you asked me the question early about hitting. Um, I mean, I was... Maybe I, I, I squared up and won and BP, maybe I hit two outs, you know. Yeah. And then uh, that was what I have, you know. And then I figured it out, like, okay. So I started working out. And then uh, I remember I went to instructional league in Dominican and I was taking BP. And it's all the same. So I've been hitting ball out to the stadium. I was like, wow, the workout would be yeah. nice, you know. So I started <laughs> figuring out, okay, so you need to work out. So uh, it's not just one swing or, or two swings doing BP that you can square it up and, and go yeah. out, you know. So... You build your muscle, you build the strength, and let the, the, the rest of your ability take over, you know. So the best advice for a kid who wants to learn to be a good hitter is to just go out there and have a good time, have fun. Yes, no doubt, you know. And, I mean, you're going to learn some process. Like like I say, you're going to school. You, every level is very tough. You know, you figure it out, and you move on, and you move on. And once you get here, you know, you just try to maintain, you know. And, and every day you have to figure out something new, <laughs> every bat, every pitch. But uh, the, the beauty of this, you know, you have another day to take the cover if you have a bad day. And now Josh Kearns is back with another great feature. 
Just behind the dugout off the M's clubhouse, Jimmy Hartley sits in what looks like the ultimate sports bar or man cave. The walls lined with video screens, major league and college baseball games on every one of them. As the Mariners' video director and advanced scout, it's his job to keep a close eye on all the team's opponents, whether they're playing other teams or the M's. When they're at Safeco Field, he's got over 15 angles to choose from around the stadium. We have cameras around the ballpark that we can control remotely ourselves, and then with the uh, replay system that gives us additional angles that we can also view. He's looking for anything that will give the M's an edge, especially the hitters. What kind of things are, are you looking at? Well, like during the game, uh, we, we try to look at the opposing pitcher, maybe see if he's tipping his pitches. There have been times that we, we have noticed a, a guy tipping his pitches and, you know, we convey that information to the batter and, you know, they still have to go out and, and do it, but, you, you know, it's nice whenever you might play a small part in their success. It's clearly working, especially this season. The windup and the pitch, swung on, fly ball, deep left center field. Jay going back to the one he tracked to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Seth Smith does it again. The M's have been tearing the cover off the ball as they soared to the top of the AL West. Among those enjoying early season success at the plate, outfielder Seth Smith. Mostly it's just to see the, the pitchers uh, that I'm going to be facing and, and kind of get an idea of what they throw and, and when they throw it and, and how they might attack me. For Smith, video isn't the be-all, end-all, but it's become an important tool. It's a small part of, uh, I guess, a small piece of, of the big puzzle. Uh, it's one of the, the many things that we have at our disposal to to make us uh, just a little bit better and give us maybe a little competitive edge. From Smith to Seeger, Jimmy's watched countless hours of every Mariners player, whether at the plate or on the mound. Do you notice every little subtlety? Oh, you're dropping your elbow a little bit when you're throwing a fastball or when it comes to hitters. I know, you know, do you start to really get to know these guys inside out? Yeah, you pick up on things like that. Um, and, you know, if I do notice something like that, I might talk to the pitching coach or hitting coach and run it by them before it gets passed along to to the player. You don't tell him directly, though. Huh? No, I, I, I try not to overstep my bounds and leave leave the coaching up to Edgar and, and Mel. But if you ever needed your cable hooked up or your computer program, Jimmy's the guy. He's constantly immersed in the latest technology, always looking for the next big thing. I remember I used to be with the Rockies, and we were one of the first teams to put video on the two-inch screen iPod, and everyone thought that was uh, you know game-changing technology at the time, and now we have these huge iPads. It's always evolving. I'm always reading tech blogs, trying to stay on top of new technology. It's pretty cool to see all the ways Jimmy uses the video. He recently installed a camera right behind home plate, so batters can go in the cage behind the dugout and virtually hit against the opposing pitcher. We can do side-by-side comparisons. We can draw on the video and, uh, you know, frame-by-frame slow motion. There's a lot of different things we can do. For some players, it can almost be too much though and Smith says it's a delicate balance to make sure all of that info doesn't get in the way of just playing. That's something that I, I imagine every player has had to battle through. I know I have uh, gone the, the route of, of not enough information and I've gone the route of, of too many too much information and about now uh, I think I figured out kind of the amount of information that I need uh, where I can still be instinctive and and reactive on the field, but still have a a good base of knowledge to make some educated decisions uh, instinctively. And all of it can certainly get to be too much for even the most diehard of baseball fans like Jimmy. I will say whenever I have an off day, I'm not at home watching baseball. You know, you do have to get away from it at times because you're around it 
all the time when you are here. You sit in here and binge watch House of Cards, really, don't you, when the guys aren't around? <laughs> uh, well, I, I just finished uh, season four on our, on our last road trip, so uh, yes. <laughs> well, that's okay. As long as the M's keep putting up wins, I think all of us would agree Jimmy can change the channel whenever he wants. For the Mariners Sunday Magazine, I'm Josh Kearns reporting. See you later! Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.